Welcome. You are listening to Mountain View Scattered. This is an audio companion to our weekly church gatherings. It is a way to stay connected while you are away and to learn more about our community, how we can best reach and serve it. I'm your host, Wade. Good morning and a welcome to everybody this morning and a happy Mother's Day to our mothers as well as the mothers in the room and the ladies that have built into others' lives. The Lord teaches us that we're to honor our father and our mother and so we desire to do that even in the days to come, even as adults. I'm looking forward to giving my mother a call today. She's not well. She's actually in a nursing care center and so... I know she'll love hearing from her sons today, and uh, so that'll be good. I trust you'll have a a conversation today. And as Pastor Wade prayed earlier, for those of us uh, whose mothers have passed on, uh, it's still a special day for us, and I trust that's a good memory for you as we consider that. We read from Psalm 51 this morning, and we heard about the confession of David. I have a confession this morning as well. And my confession this morning is that in the busyness of life, in the busyness of ministry, it's easy to get caught up in all the things that we do. But there's a part of what we want to consider this morning is that is who we are becoming, not just what we do, but who am I becoming? And so we want to look at that through the passage of scripture that we've just read. So if you got your Bibles open to Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to be. It's only five verses. There are three characters in this study that we're going to look at today. And so I've really enjoyed this Encounters of Christ. There's a lot more places we could go. And maybe someday we'll go back and look at more before we get into our Psalm series. But as we consider this passage of scripture, there is a focus in this encounter that Jesus wants to get across And it really has to do with this idea of doing versus being. And I want us to think about that today because there's just one thing, just one thing that we're going to focus on today that's incredibly important to Jesus Christ. And so we have this very intimate moment with him with two ladies, dear friends of his, and he communicates just one point of what he wants them to hear. Now, I like movies, I like funny movies, and um, a lot of those for me are old movies. They seem better than the new movies to me. There's a movie that came out in the early 1990s, a movie called City Slicker. And City Slicker was about a guy in New York City who was going through a midlife crisis. Billy Crystal plays this guy named Mitch in the movie. And so in order to try to find himself, Billy Crystal decides that he's going to go off to what they call a dude ranch. And a dude ranch is a place where you go and you be with real cowboys and you drive cattle and you sort of do these manly things. And so here's Billy Crystal and he's on this horse ride with this cowboy guy that's running the dude ranch and his name is Curly. And they have this conversation that has stuck with me through the years because Curly's going to teach little Mitch, the New York City slicker guy, how to focus on this one thing. Let me play this video clip for you, and you can see a little about what I'm talking about. Okay, so Billy Crystal needs to figure out what the one thing is, and this morning what we're going to look at 
I believe is the one thing that Jesus Christ would have us focus on. So we've got our Bibles open to this passage of Scripture, and I've got a few fill-in-the-blanks for you today as we consider this and what the Lord has for us. So you recall that we looked at, in our last time, the, the, the woman at the well. That was our last encounter that we looked at. And what Jesus had for us, there was a phrase in John chapter 4 that I want us to see because it fits so well with why I've chosen this passage for today. You remember in John 4, 23, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And here's the phrase, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Now, the one thing that we're going to look at today, this is the paramount call of people who know Jesus Christ, that this would be the passion of your heart, this would be the passion of my heart. And he communicates it through these five verses. So we'll do what we've been doing each of these four weeks. We'll ask three questions. What does Jesus reveal about me or them in the passage? What does Jesus reveal about himself? What can we see of our Savior? And then what do I need to do? We need to be very practical with the scriptures, so we'll look at what can I do based on what I've learned and we discovered today. Okay, are you ready? Say ready. Okay, look at the passage of scripture. Let me read it again just to get our our bearings. I've put a picture on the screen because we really don't know what it looked like, but if you want to look at the picture while I read it, we'll get a good idea of what's happening in the passage of Scripture. I want you to see this as a very intimate moment. Now, here's what I get into trouble with, or you get into trouble when we read it. I wish that we had an audio Bible. And by that, I mean, I wish that I could hear the inflection of the voice and the tone in which this conversation happened, because I have to basically just try to read into the text and figure out how Martha said that or how Jesus might have said that because the way that it's said could be interpreted a little bit different. So we want to be careful with that. But here's the picture that I want us to see. Now as they went on their way, so just pause just for a second now because all through Luke chapter 10, Jesus is on a, on a speaking, preaching itinerant. He's moving from place to place and he's teaching his people. And then Jesus entered a village, and the woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, it's interesting. There's only two people, although there are three people in the passage of Scripture, only two speak. Mary doesn't have a speaking role in the passage of Scripture. We never hear her voice in at least these five verses of the story that we read. And she's sitting at the feet of Jesus and his teaching. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister Mary has left me to serve alone? Now, I don't know how she said that or how she asked that question. So she asked a question. Then she gives Jesus a little piece of her mind that she really can't afford to lose. And she said, Lord, did you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, hey, it's not a good thing. Thinking of Mother's Day, it's not a good thing when your mother said your name twice, right? (laughs) It's true in this passage of Scripture as well. Martha, 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 Jesus is getting her attention. You are anxious and you're troubled about many things. 
But one thing is necessary. Here we go. That's the one thing now that Mary has chosen the good portion. And that's what we want to look at today. So here's the, here's the tendency in the passage. The story of Martha and Mary is not new to, to probably anybody in the room. It's a, it's a familiar story, which is why I've picked it. But what we need to understand that Martha is not a bad person and Mary is not the good person in the Bible. Don't do that to the passage of Scripture. Martha is not bad and Mary is good. They're both good. They're both genuine friends of Jesus Christ. Now Jesus is on a route. The passage doesn't tell us, but he goes to Bethany because he wants to go to his friend's house. This is Martha, this is Mary, and they have a brother. What's his name? His name is Lazarus, right? You know the story of Martha. This is an incredibly close family to Jesus and the experiences that they would have had together. John 10 and verse 38 tells us about the fact that he had entered this village, which we know later to be Bethany. So they're about 3K outside of Jerusalem. Jesus comes because he's probably hungry. He probably needs rest. And he comes to his friend's house. It's like going to a a place that you and I would be comfortable going to where we just walk in and we immediately feel at home when we go to their house. That's how Jesus is feeling as we approach it. So let's look at those three main characters today. And we'll look at Martha, we'll look at Mary, and then we'll look at Jesus. So let's start with Martha first. And look in verse 38 as we begin to figure out who she is. Now they went on their way and Jesus entered a village and the woman named Martha welcomed him into, what's it say next in your Bibles, into whose house? Into her house. Okay, this is Martha's house. So part of when you watch the reaction to Martha and what she's doing, you need to get the lowdown that she's probably the homeowner. She's probably the one feeling the pressure of the fact that she has a guest. And it's not just any old guest who's pitched up today, right? It's, the, it's Jesus Christ. It's our Lord and our Savior who's come to be with them. We know from this passage of Scripture in John chapter 11 and verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Mary. Incredibly intimate, incredibly close relationship. And so Martha's mentioned here in this passage of Scripture as that of, of um, wanting to, to even host Jesus. In John chapter 12, we find an amazing passage of Scripture in there where Jesus talks about the fact that he's with them again, and Martha is the one serving Jesus in John chapter 12. This is who Martha is. She's, she's um, I would say she's gifted. I would say that she's probably a type A personality. When people come into her house, I mean, she is going to put on service to the, to the level that would really bring satisfaction. And so I'm picturing a little bit like this. Here's the scene for Martha in her heart and what she's thinking. Because let's call the first one is Martha's, Martha's just determined. That's not a fill in the blank for you. But there are three D's about Martha. The thing that I see is she's determined. And maybe it went a little bit like this. Here's how I wrote it down. Um, I know, Jesus, that you love bolognese. <laughs> and the last time I fixed bolognese for you, you just went all crazy. And you even had two portions of it. And it's such an awesome dish that I like to fix for you. And I know you're hungry. You've been busy. And we all know that I can cook. And matter of fact, I think what I'll do is I'll make a cake as well because I know you love carrot cake. And we'll have some carrot cake and we'll have something to drink with it. And, and um, 
And I just love having you in our home. And I'm going to put out the best tablecloth for you. And, oh, where are the cushions at? Where are the cushions that match the tablecloth? And you can just see her as just this incredible, hospitable host wanting to make everything right for the day. And I don't think we can fault her for that. That's who she is. She's a servant. She's a servant of the Lord. But the problem is, here's the problem, is Martha has her priorities all mixed up. Everything that Martha is doing is not wrong. Martha is not a bad person. She's just got things backwards. And here's what I got to thinking about. Because Jesus does not scold her. He does not scold her for her, for her activities. He doesn't do that at all. What he, what he tries to bring her to look at is, is her attitude. Not her activities, it's her attitudes that he wants to call her out on. Let's look at the next part then, because Martha is clearly distracted. Look in verse 40. It says in the text, but Martha was distracted from or with much. What's the next word in your Bible? What's the word? Serving. Yeah, she's just fully caught up in the kitchen activities and that of making this a really good opportunity to care for her good friend and her Savior, Jesus. And she's a little troubled by the fact that her sister doesn't seem to have the same sort of, uh, uh, of attitude that she has about the way that things should go. So Martha then asks a question, and then she gives Jesus a bit of an order in that. Look on the text as it goes on to say, and so she went up to the Lord. Now here's, here's how I don't know how the question went. I don't know how to read this question. It could be like, Jesus, do you, not, do you not care that my sister has left me alone in the kitchen? Like, where is Mary? What is she doing? Why isn't she helping me in here? Which here's what I think we don't understand is, it's very possible there was a conversation in the kitchen prior to what we're reading in the text. And maybe the conversation was a little bit like this. Martha and Mary, hey, hey Martha, do you need some help in the kitchen? And being who Martha is, she could have very well have said, no, listen, you just take it easy, enjoy the day. I can handle this. She obviously knew how to do this. She's very qualified and very switched on uh, servant of, of God. Or did Mary come into the kitchen and Mary's just like making a mess in the kitchen? And she's like, just, just go on out of the room. Just get, you know, get out of the room. I'll, I'll take care of this. I don't, I don't know how that goes. But all of a sudden now, she's confronting Jesus with the idea that she's distracted, and Lord, do you not care? Isn't this, isn't this profound to you? She, she goes to Jesus and says, listen, don't you even care? Can you imagine what that would have sounded like to him? Don't you care? And then, after she asks a question, she gives him an order. That's what it says in the text. Tell her. Jesus, you go and tell Mary, this is what she ought to be doing. So, She's really kind of like firing all cylinders now and really wants to get this thing right. And she's a bit upset about it. And I think the part of the problem, and here's the part of the problem we're going to get at for us is to understand is that we have expectations. Jesus and maybe some other people have come to the house. In order for this to be special, she had expectations that were up here. And I think what's happening in the kitchen is that she's not going to be able to meet her expectations. Now, why would that be a problem for her? And why would that be a problem for you or me? 
Because whatever gets rolled out of the kitchen is going to be a reflection on me. If I serve up a really good meal, which he, he expects from me because he knows I can cook and he knows I can bake. And if I give him anything less than that, he's going to think like it's not really that big of a deal or I didn't give it my best. And so she's really concerned about her expectations and what that's going to look like. And so we see Mary then, as we've looked at, is Mary is just disgruntled. So she's determined, she is distracted, and she certainly is disgruntled. She's disgruntled. And you remember, this is not unusual for Martha. Do you remember when her brother Lazarus died? And in John chapter 11, she says to Jesus, these are the words she says to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It's not unusual for Mary to speak, or Martha to speak the way she's speaking. This is who she is. So we see the heart of Martha and the trouble that she's gotten herself into. Verse 41, but the Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and you are troubled about many things. Okay, keep in mind what we're talking about here because it's many things and then it's going to boil down to just one thing. There's a lot going on in the room. There's a lot happening here. But there's just one thing, there's one thing that Jesus wants her to be confronted with. Martha, Martha, Martha. And he would just say my name, Tom. You ever hear this like, you ever hear him saying this to you? Robin, Robin, Robin. Derek, Derek, Derek. Listen to me. Because you're thinking of Martha and you don't think yourself as Martha, but you're Martha. In the text, you're Martha. And the thing that Jesus desires the most is not the many things that you're doing that are good. You're not a bad person for all the things you do for Jesus and everybody else around you. There are many things that you're good at and that you're doing well. But this one thing, there's just one thing. Peter, Peter, just one thing. That's what he's trying to say, and that's what he's getting across. Now, let's look at Mary in the story, because Mary says nothing. There's no recorded text here of Mary and what she's doing. But look at verse, well, she's only in two places. Look in verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary. Martha had a sister called Mary who sat at the feet of Jesus. Now, we know this to be Martha's sister Mary. There are six Marys in the Bible. This is the same Mary that, with her perfume, uh, worshipped Jesus at his feet and took her hair and wiped his feet as a display, as an expression of her worship to the Lord. This is that same Mary, the sister of Martha. So in verse 39, a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, and what's the next word in the Bible? What did she do? What's it saying there that she did? She listened. This is so good for us. Because the distraction of many things, if you want to get to the one thing, the one thing is going to require listening. It looks like the skill set to worship is listening. And then in 40, verse 42, she's mentioned again, 
But one thing is necessary. Martha has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from here. Her. So look at the first thing, is that Mary is actually the right one in the story. It says that Mary has chosen the good portion. Mary has chosen the right thing to do with Jesus in the house. The second is this, that Mary is focused. She is focused. She's picked the one thing. She has picked the right thing. And then the third part of that is that Mary then, in the text, is rewarded because of her choice. The text gives us the indication, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. And I love what happens in verse 42 at the end of this, because this is, this is so important for me in my worship, which will not be taken away from her. You know this is true. There's only two things that will last forever. Just two things. People and the word of God. That's it. Everything else is going away someday. Just two things will remain. And Mary has chosen, Mary has chosen those things. And as a result, Mary today is in heaven and she remembers and can draw on sitting at the feet of Jesus and what he taught her that day. She, she has it for eternity. She has it for eternity. So instead of serving, she has chosen the best, which is to have good company with Jesus. Now, think about this for a moment with all of us, because the many, many things that is happening in the passage of Scripture, particularly related to Martha, is for us to think about, we have lots of choices like Mary that we can make. Mary has chosen, which means what God is teaching us is Mary had a choice. Martha had a choice about what they were going to do. Now, in your life and in my life, I have lots of good choices of things that I can do. It's not about, this story is not about a good choice and a bad choice. It's about a best choice over a good choice. It's good, it's good that Martha was busy in the kitchen wanting to serve and satisfy Jesus and everybody else that might have been in the room. But there was a better choice at the moment that she missed, which is why Jesus has given us this story in the Bible. This is an encounter with Christ to help us understand the difference between good choices and best choices. Martha missed it. But Mary has chosen what is best. And then there's Jesus in the story. And I'll bring that out through the application as we close today. This is, I want you to see Jesus in the passage of Scripture is who he is and in the story who he is, but just as important, who he is in my life today. Because I do hear Jesus say, I honestly, I hear this in my head, Tom, Tom. Oh, Tom, he is loving, he is compassionate, he is caring, and he wants me to be focused on what it is that I should be doing in order to honor him with my life. Now, I have roles in my life. I have areas of my life that I play out. I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I'm a grandpa, 
I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher, I'm a missionary leader, all these roles in my life. And Jesus says, Tom, listen, I've called you to those things. All those things are good. All those things are good. Now you take your life for a moment and you think about all the roles in your life that you have. Just rehearse it in your head. You are that. You are that. All these roles that you have. But of all the roles that you have, all the, all the things that you play out, there is none greater than your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I don't know how it works for you, but Jesus isn't always getting first place in my life. Sometimes he gets second and third. And because you're busy and because I'm busy, we run off and we do this and we do that. We're caught up in many things. And Jesus is calling us back. He's calling us back to what it is that he wants us to focus on. So he has a heart that he wants us to understand. Now let's look at our application today. And let's look at those three questions. And here's where your fill in the blanks will come in handy for you, I trust. What does Jesus reveal about them And what does he reveal about me? Here's the first. I am sinful, I am broken, and I'm easily misguided. I'm misguided between what is good and what is best. And Jesus is calling all of us to say, listen, here's, here's the best thing that you can do. I want you to come, I want you to sit at my feet, and I want you to worship me. But Jesus, but Jesus, listen, how, who's going to get the order ready for service on Sunday and who's going to teach and then, or who's going to bake this or what about what's happening in, at work and the shop or, and, you know, I've got to do this and my kids expect this and you're just like, oh, caught up in all these things and we're so misguided. Second is this, is I need help finding the balance between worship and service. I need help finding the balance between worship and service. Now, when I say worship, I'm not talking about what Robin led us in this morning. I'm not talking about singing songs. That's part of your worship. But because Jesus Christ desires to make you a worshiper, that word that he uses in the text is to make you put him first in all things that you do. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, I'm going to do all to the glory of of God. Therefore, I will worship him as a, as a husband. I will worship him as a dad. I will worship him as a grandpa. And then you go all the way through those roles that you have. His desire is that you would worship him, give him his first place in all these areas of our life. And we struggle between worship and service. We need balance to that. Third is this, is I want to make right choices to get the one thing right. Mitch in the story of the city slickers is on on his journey to discover himself as a city slicker from New York. He's out in a dude ranch where not many people live and he's going through and there's just one thing he needs to focus on. Now that's a corny little comedy movie, but it's a serious event for the Christian, the follower of Christ. Listen, all the things that Jesus values of you the most It's just this one thing. And Mary has chosen that thing. And so we find in the text her just crawling up next to Jesus, that picture I just showed you, and she's just hanging out 
She's just chilling. She's just intimately having time with her Savior. And as a follower of Christ, what we have to understand, the balance to this is that if you go, 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 and you do many, 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 and you push, push, and push, if you don't come to his feet and you don't listen to him, no wonder, no wonder you're so tired. No wonder we feel burned out. No wonder we feel like we can't keep up with everything going on in my life. It's because the one thing that he values the most is the thing we're missing the most. Let's look at the second question that we look at. What does Jesus reveal about himself? We begin to talk about this. He absolutely loved and treasured Martha as his Savior. I think, I think pastors beat up Martha, and I think they don't do it right. She's, she's a really, really good, loving, caring, significant woman in the life of Jesus Christ. She just made the wrong choice that day. And Jesus calls her out on it. Martha, Martha, Martha. He loved her dearly. Second is this. He is not impressed with hard work that lacks worship. Here's what I do in my life. Maybe you don't do it because Jesus, I'm doing this for you. Jesus, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for my family. I'm doing this. I'm providing this. I'm doing this. I'm working crazy hours. I'm going, 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 going. And we accumulate this go, 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 go as pleasing Jesus. And Jesus is honored by our service, but he is not as honored with our service as he is our worship. Because remember, it's not, it's not the doing, it's the being. It's who you're becoming that matters to him. Not all the crazy stuff you think you need to do. Third is this then. He brings encounters into our lives to reveal what he values most. The thing I love about a series like this, Encounters with Jesus, this is just real life stuff. And now all of a sudden we're confronted with evaluating whether Jesus is getting the best of us. That's, that's, what, that's what's happening today. He's calling us about choices that we're making. Okay, here's the third and the last, and I'll give you the closing application. What do I need to do based on what I have witnessed? Okay, let me give you three takeaways on what I think will help you that are helping me. I'm going to give you four today, actually. Work versus worship. Value our worship is greater than our works. When you get to the point where you're trying to make a kitchen decision or at the feet of Jesus' decision, Jesus is saying, choose me. Choose me. Now, what's that look like in the normal routine of today or tomorrow or Wednesday? Is that we have to value our worship above our work. One of the ways that Jesus really admires and cherishes is when you come and just spend time with him. He, he just adores it. And I think if we could watch him in heaven... He's like trying to figure out when it's going to happen today or when will it happen tomorrow. And it's easy to get up in the morning and it's easy to check your email, it's check your text messages and I got to get off to this because this is due and this and he's like, I think he watches us and he's going like, Robin, Robin, when are we going to get together today? And so we have to evaluate work and worship. 
Give Jesus his proper place in your daily life. That's what he desires. Second is this, activity versus attitude. See what we do with Jesus as far more important than what we do for Jesus. We often develop our identity based on our level of service in the Christian church. It's a bad place to be. Your level of worth before Jesus is not based on the fact that, okay, that potentially I might have more worth because I'm the speaker and I'm the pastor and preaching today. That's like so crazy and so not true. We, we are valued equally before the Lord and our service to the Lord. It is no more uh, important for me to preach than it is to make sure the tea is ready today and we're going to have a great time of fellowship. I don't see any difference in that. I clearly do not. Those who chair down the chairs today, God bless you. That's a very important role that we're going to play today in the church. Our activity versus our attitude. Third is this, commended versus committed. Seek to be committed to Jesus rather than commended for our actions. Now, I really believe in Mary's heart as a sinner, Martha's heart, Martha's heart, sorry, Martha's heart as a sinner, that she enjoyed the accolades, she enjoyed the praise, she enjoyed, I'm telling you, when she served Jesus that bolognese, and that steam's coming off that mince, and there's, there's got to be lots of cheddar cheese on top of that as well, right? And it's like, and she's, she looks at Jesus' eyes as he picks up his fork with a spoon and he's twirling on there. And I'm telling you, her whole face is like lighting up like, whew. And Jesus looks up at her and he's like, Martha, you make the best bolognese I've ever had in my whole life. What do you think Martha feels like at that point? She's like, oh, man. There is... There is gratitude, there is satisfaction through serving Jesus like this. And it's important, it's just not the most important. Be careful of getting in positions where you serve the Lord and you expect somebody to acknowledge you for it. Do it without any acknowledgement at all. Do it out of any acknowledgement. Fourth and last is this. Performance... Verse position. Recognize our worth is in whose we are, not in what we do. And I think I've made that clear through the other illustrations that I have. Okay, closing application, and we're going to pray for each other. And I trust you've enjoyed this series, Encounters with Christ, that have drawn us closer to the Lord. Here's a picture that we started this morning with. Being verse doing. I'm in the middle of that now. And I've heard the story of Martha and Mary again in my Christian life. So what's different today about other times when I've heard this and now maybe I've slipped away from it? This is a call of Jesus Christ bringing us back to what he values most. It's not a series on have better devotions and have better prayer time. Don't confuse that with the message today. This is throughout my life, throughout my day. He says literally, he says literally, come. Come and just be with me. Come and just worship me. Here's a closing application. 
the most important part of the Christian life is the part that only God sees. It's the most important. That's what he was saying to Martha. Martha, Martha. Jesus is saying, and I know this is true as a leader. I get praised, I get rewarded, I get acknowledged by how much I do and when I do it. And I'm very frightened by the fact that nobody calls me on my private life. Because what you see, like if I wouldn't have prepared to preach today and I would have brought half the message that I brought today, you'd be like, wow, we really got robbed today. Like, why didn't you really pour yourself into the message? And I did. I, re- I got ready. I, I prepared just as hard for today if I were speaking to 2,000 people. I wouldn't have done it any different. And so there's a tendency to, to do this part of the public life because that's what gets seen. That's what gets heard. That's what gets praise. And Jesus says, listen, that's really not the deal for today. So all week long, I've been kind of like whacked upside my head like, Tom, 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 it's about me. It's like, Jesus, thank you for the passage that reminds me of that. Encounters with Christ as we honor him. Amen? This one thing I do. Do you remember when the Apostle Paul said that? The Apostle Paul understood the Martha story. And Jesus often said, Paul, Paul, Paul. And Paul said, this one thing I do, I pursue the things of Jesus Christ. My eyes are on the prize of Jesus Christ. This one thing I do, he got it right. I think it's Philippians 3, somewhere around there that he says that passage. I'm going to pray for you. If you need pray for it, would you raise your hand? Yeah, I don't know. everybody in the room ought to have their hands up. I mean, my goodness, everybody in the room, put your hand up. All right, do me a favor, keep it up. Would you just keep it up and lift, open your palm. Open your palm right now. You're not charismatic. Father, our hand is lifted high because we need you. And it's open palmed, it's not a closed fist because we ask you to speak through us and into our lives to help us be more passionate about what you're doing for your glory and for your honor. Help us, Father, in the daily task and the things that we do to get this right for you. Jesus, bring to our memory and our hearts and our lives when we find ourselves between good and best, between doing and being that we'll make the right choice like Mary. So I literally pray over our people this morning, Lord. I pray for them. I pray for their times of intimacy with you that they would be so special. And I pray for my own heart, my own life, Lord. Help me to spend more time with your son, Christ. And so, Jesus, we honor you, we praise you, and we give you your proper place in our hearts today as we honor you. And it's in your precious name that we pray. Thanks for listening, and remember that you were brought into the church by the saving work and person of Jesus. Also, that you are sent out to tell everyone about him. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode of Mountain View Scattered.